Al-Bayan Radio presents Ramadan Afternoons with Sheikh Khalid Isa and Sheikh Jalal Shami. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Al-Bariha zakarna fi kiraati kitab al-fitan min sahih al-imam al-Bukhari. Qara'na al-bab al-sabi' wa huwa tahta anwan. باب قول سلم من حمل علينا السلاح فليس منا ذكر ذكر الإمام البخاري عدة أحاديث تحت هذا الباب تكلمنا عن قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من حمل علينا السلاح فليس منا وعن نهي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن عن حمل السلاح ويعني ووضعه في وجه المسلم أو أن يشير المسلم بسلاحه على أخيه فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يشير أحدكم على أخيه بالسلاح فإنه لا يدري لعل الشيطان ينزع في يده فيقع في حفرة من النار هذه الأحاديث التي ذكرنا البارحة نكمل ما ذكر تحت هذا الباب من الأحاديث قال الإمام البخاري حدثنا علي بن عبد الله قال حدثنا سفيان قال قلت لعمر يا أبا محمد تجابر بن عبد الله يقول مر رجل بسهام في المسجد فقال له رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أمسك بنصالها قال نعم أيضا قال الإمام البخاري حدثنا أبو النعمان قال حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن عمرو بن دينار, دينار عن جابر أن رجلا مر في المسجد بأسهم قد أبدى نصولها فأمر أن يأخذ بنصولها فأمر أن يأخذ بنصولها لا يخدش مسلما وأيضا قال الإمام البخاري حدثنا محمد بن العلاء حدثنا أبو سامع عن بريد عن أبي برد عن أبي موسى عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا مر أحدكم في مسجدنا أو في سوقنا ومعه نبل فليمسك على نصالها أو قال فليقبض بكفه أن يصيب أحدا من المسلمين منها بشيء إذا يا عباد الله هذه الأحاديث فيها بيان حر فيها بيان حرمة المسلم فيها بيان حرمة المسلم وأنه ينبغي أن تؤخذ كل الاحتياطات حتى لا يتأذى الناس حتى لا يتأذى الناس ففي القديم كان سلاح الناس السيوف والسهام وكانت هذه السهام يجعل في آخرها نصل حاد إن بقيت بدون تغطية فربما تؤدي إلى أذية الناس فلذلك أمر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن يقبض صاحبها على نصولها لألا يخدش مسلما وهذا أمر فلو يعني لو خالف المأمور هذا الأمر وترتب عليه وترتب عليه الخدش والأذية أسم إذا كان يأثم بالخدش 
فالقتل أعظم وكل هذا من الاحتياط لحقوق الناس ودمائهم إذا شدد الإسلام في حقوق الناس المالية وفي أعراض المسلمين التي هي كما قال ابن دقيق العيد حفرة من حفر النار فدماء المسلمين أعظم وأعظم فالمسلم يا عباد الله محترم معصوم الدم والمال عرضه مصان لا ينبغي الكلام فيه لا ينبغي ذكر عيوبه عرضه مصان حتى لو كان ظالما فلا يتفكه بعرضه وإنما يحل منه للمظلوم لا لغيره بقدر ظلامته يعني لما تكلم الناس أنه متى تباح الغيبة ذكروا من يعني الأمور أن أن الغيبة تباح للمظلوم أن يتكلم في من ظلمه لكن يتكلم فيما ظلمه به بقدر مظلمته لا يتعدى ذلك ويتناول الكلام على على الطرف الآخر بأمور لا علاقة لها بمظلمته وهذا هو الحاصل يعني إذا ظلم الإنسان مظلمة صغيرة لا يتكلم عن هذه المظلمة فحسب بل ينشر سيرة ذلك الظالم من أولها إلى آخرها إن استطاع لا يترك أمرا لا يترك عيبا إلا ويذكره فلما أباح العلماء الغيبة يعني أباحوها بشروط وأباحوها في يعني مواضع محدودة فيجوز يجوز للمظلوم أن يتكلم في من ظلمه لكن بقدر مظلمته يعني قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مطل الغني ظلم وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم لي الواجد يعني, يعني الواجد الذي عليه دين وهو قادر على أن يفي دينه وهو لا يفعل يعني لي الواجد يحل عرضه وعقوبته فالمماطل ظالم لكن لا يجوز التعرض لعرضه إلا بقدر الحاجة وقال سفيان عرضه يقول يعني مطلتني كما قال الله تعالى لا يحب الله الجهر بالسوء من القول إلا من ظلم إلا من ظلم وهذا خاص بمن ظلم ليس لأحد من المسلمين أن يتعدى على عرض هذا سوى المظلوم بقول بقوله فلان مطلني لكن ليس معنى هذا أنه يتفكه بعرضه في كل مناسبة ومحفل فإذا كان هذا في من أبيح عرضه فكيف بمن صان الشرع عرضه وجعل الكلام فيه بمثابة الأكل من لحمه وهو ميت إذا هذه الأحاديث كما قلنا تدل على حرمة المسلم وعلى مكانته وأنه ينبغي أن تتخذ كل التدابير لكي لا يؤذى لكي لا يعرض للأذية 
ويعني سفك الدم بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We ask Allah to send his peace and blessings upon his final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Welcome you dear brothers and sisters to this live program of Al-Bayan Radio The voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah uh, In the Ramadan afternoons with our beloved Sheikh Khalid Isa uh, We discussed some hadith mentioned by Imam Al-Bukhari rahimahullah In the book of tribulations And he named the chapter that we are up to Whoever carries against us the weapons or arms, whoever carries arms against us, then he is not from us. And so we mentioned these narrations of the Messenger وسلم, and also about even pointing weapons towards a Muslim in a threatening way. And the Prophet وسلم, said, whoever points a weapon in the towards his Muslim brother in the face of his Muslim brother, then he doesn't know that perhaps the shaitan will make his hand slip and so he will fall into a pit of the pits of the hellfire. Now, there are other narrations that Imam al-Bukhari mentions in this chapter <coughs> of them from Jabir ibn Abdullah anhu. <coughs> he said, a man uh, who was carrying uh, arrows in, uh, passed through the masjid and so the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he said, uh, hold the arrows from their tips. And the man said, yes, indeed I shall do that. Another narration from Jabir, radiyallahu anhu, he said that a man passed through the masjid uh, carrying arrows uh, and their tips were, uh, were apparent, their tips were shown. So he was commanded uh, that he should hold them by their tips so that he doesn't scratch another Muslim. Uh, another narration from uh, uh, Abi Musa, radiyallahu anhu, that the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, if one of you passes through our masjid or in our marketplace and he has arrows with him, then let him hold them by their tips. Uh, another, uh, Or he said, let him uh, hold them in his palm, in the palm of his hand, in uh, lest he uh, strike one of the Muslims uh, even even in a small amount. Okay? So, uh, these ahadith show us uh, the, really the sanctity of a Muslim and that a Muslim should take precaution not to cause harm uh, uh, to the Muslim and should take precautions. In those days, they used to carry their weapons. They had weapons like uh, swords and spears and, and arrows. And uh, and the arrows would have a sharp uh, or a piece of iron that was sharp on the end of the arrows. And so the Messenger of Allah commanded those who were carrying the arrows that they should hold it from, the, from its tips, from the sharp end, so that he doesn't scratch another Muslim. If a Muslim would be held responsible and would be held liable and would be sinful for scratching unintentionally, a Muslim just scratching him with the tip of an arrow, then how about if someone harms a Muslim on purpose or even kills a Muslim? So if we are commanded to protect people and to take precaution that you are responsible to take precaution lest you harm or even scratch a Muslim, then how about 
with that which is greater. So it shows how much the life and the and the welfare of people are honored in Islam. And it shows that the blood of the Muslim is something uh, that should be respected and that the blood of the lives and the well-being and the wealth of people is something that is held in sanctity. Uh, and so the, uh, even their reputation uh, is something that should be protected. And it's not becoming of a Muslim to attack the credibility and the reputation of another Muslim. Even if that person is a wrongdoer, even that person's an oppressor, a person shouldn't uh, uh, make that person and even his wrongdoing an issue that a person uh, chats about and and, and gossips about. Even though it is allowed for the one who's been oppressed to speak about his oppression, as Allah Ta'ala has given him that right in the Qur'an, but only the one who is wronged, not for every Muslim to speak about it. And he's only allowed to speak about the amount of oppression that has been done. But what happens today is that when someone's oppressed, he doesn't only speak about the wrong that he's done, he speaks about everything to do with that person. Things that have no relation to do with the uh, oppression of that person. And then you have other people who have no, who have no party to this dispute speaking and as well taking part in exposing that person's reputation. They speak about that person's reputation from when, from his his whole life, from beginning to end. You know, I went to school with that person, and he stole my lunch. And one day, he, you know, speaking about that person because of a wrong thing that he has done. Uh, even though the scholars did mention some specific circumstances where backbiting is allowed but they put special uh, uh, conditions on that and of that is the one who is wrong to only the one who is wrong not for every muslim to speak about the wrong that's been done to him uh, as well the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that for a rich person to delay in repaying of the debt is oppression and another uh, yani a similar wording of a hadith which means pretty much the same thing, the delaying of payment of a debt of a rich person who, who has the, the finances, has the, the, the wealth there and is able to pay it, but just delays it. Then this makes his reputation lawful and holds him liable to punishment. <clears throat> so what does it mean that his reputation is lawful? It doesn't mean his whole reputation that he can just tear down his reputation and, and, and backbite him. No, you're allowed to speak about just that amount. For example, this person has money and hasn't paid me back. This person's delayed in paying me back. And this is only for the one who has been wronged, not anyone else. And it's not something that he should just use to gossip and, and chit-chat about and just enjoy conversation about that person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the honor and the reputation of the Muslim like eating his flesh. Uh, and so generally we can summarize that these hadith show us that a Muslim must take precaution uh, and to protect his fellow Muslim from any harm. Al-Bab al-Sabi' fi kitab al-Fitan anwan al-Bukhari rahimahullah باب قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا ترجعوا بعد كفارا 
يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض إذا هذا أمر في غاية الأهمية ومما يعني يؤدي إلى وقوع الفتن بين المسلمين هو الاقتتال بينهم لذلك يعني جاءت الأحاديث بالنهي عن هذا الأمر مما يؤدي إلى فتنة الناس في دينهم إلى الضعف في دينهم وإلى الخروج عن الاعتدال وعن منهج الإسلام هو هذا الأمر هو الاقتتال فأورد الإمام البخاري عدة أحاديث بهذا المعنى بهذا المعنى فقال حدثنا عمر بن حفص قال حدثني أبي قال حدثنا الأعمش قال حدثني شقيق قال قال عبد الله قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سباب المسلم فسوق وقتاله كفر وقال الإمام البخاري حدثنا حجاج بن منهال حدثنا شعبة قال أخبرني واقد بن محمد عن أبيه عن ابن عمر أنه سمع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول لا ترجعوا بعد كفارا يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض وقال الإمام البخاري حدثنا مسدد حدثنا يحيى حدثنا قرة بن خالد قال حدثنا ابن سيرين عن عبد الرحمن بن أبي بكرة عن أبي بكرة وعن رجل آخر هو أفضل في نفسي من عبد الرحمن بن أبي بكرة عن أبي بكرة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خطب الناس فقال ألا تدرون أي يوم هذا قالوا الله ورسوله أعلم قال حتى ظننا أنه سيسميه بغير اسمه فقال أليس بيوم النحر قلنا بلى يا رسول الله قال أي بلد هذا أليست بالبلدة قلنا بلى يا رسول الله قال فإن دماءكم وأموالكم وأعراضكم وأبشاركم عليكم حرام كحرمة يومكم هذا في شهركم هذا في بلدكم هذا ألا هل بلغت قلنا نعم قال اللهم اشهد فليبلغ الشاهد الغائب فإنه رب مبلغ رب مبلغ يبلغه من هو أوعى له فإنه رب مبلغ يبلغه من هو أوعى له فكان كذلك قال لا ترجع بعد كفارا يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض فلما كان يوم حرق ابن الحضرمي حين حرقه جارية بن قدامة قال أشرف على أبي بكرة فقالوا هذا أبو بكرة يراك قال عبد الرحمن فحدثتني أمي عن أبي بكرة أنه قال لو دخلوا علي ما بهشت بقصبة ما بهشت بقصبة سيأتي معنا إن شاء الله يعني أبو بكر من الناس الذين اعتزلوا القتال ويتكلم عن نفسه بأنهم لو دخلوا علي ما حرك في وجههم قصبة يعني أخذ بوصية النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حدثنا قال الإمام البخاري أيضا حدثنا أحمد بن إسكاب قال حدثنا محمد بن فضيل عن أبي عن عكرم عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا ترتد بعد كفارا 
يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض وقال الإمام البخاري حدثنا سليمان بن حرب حدثنا شعبة عن علي بن مدرك سمعت أبا زرعة بن عمر بن جرير عن جده جرير قال قال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في حجة الوداع استنصت الناس ثم قال لا ترجعوا بعد كفارا يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض في هذا يعني الجمع العظيم أكد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على أهمية هذا الأمر بنهيه الناس أن يدخلوا في الاقتتال فيما بينهم إن شاء الله سندع المجال للشيخ جلال أن يترجم هذه الأحاديث ثم نتكلم عن معانيها وبعض ما ما جاء فيها من الفقه إن شاء الله تعالى Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions in the seventh chapter of the book of tribulation uh, the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, do not return after me disbelievers striking the necks of each other so Imam al-Bukhari mentions this narration in the chapter of tribulation because uh, uh, one of the reasons of tribulations occurring and even tribulations in religion and ideological difference is the fighting that occurs between the Muslims. And so this is something that we must be aware of and we must avoid so that we do not cause tribulation for ourselves and for others. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions a number of hadith. The first hadith that he mentions narrated from Abdullah that the Messenger وسلم, he said that to curse a Muslim is a wrongdoing and to fight him is disbelief. As well from Abdullah bin Umar that he said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu say, do not return after me as disbelievers striking the necks of each other. Uh, as well as narrated from Abi Bakr uh, that he said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu addressed the people and he said, do you know what day this is? They said, Allah and His Messenger know best. Uh, and so we thought that He was going to name this day with another name. And then the Messenger of Allah, he said, Is this not the day of Al-Nahar, the, the day of sacrifice, the Eid day? They said, Indeed, it is, O Messenger of Allah. He said, And which city is this? Is this not the holy city? the city of Mecca, they said, indeed it is, O Messenger of Allah. He said, indeed your blood and your wealth and your, uh, um, and your, st- yani your, your reputation and your skins are forbidden for you like the sacredness of this day and like the sacredness of this month and like the sacredness of this city have i not delivered the message they said indeed you have O messenger of allah and he said oh allah bear witness and let the one who is present inform the one who is absent for perhaps one who delivers the message to another the one who receives the message is able to understand better than the one who delivered the message to him and it was so and then he said do not return after me as disbelievers, striking the necks of each one of you. 
And so when it was the day of the burning of Ibn al-Hadrami, uh, when, when Ibn al-Hadrami was burnt by uh, the, the uh, slave girl of Ibn Qudamah, uh, they came upon Abu Bakr and they said to Abu Bakr, uh, look, this is Abu Bakr watching you. And so Abdul Rahman, he said that my mother informed me that Abu Bakr uh, said, if they were to enter upon my house, then I wouldn't scare them off holding even a stick. So Abu Bakr, and inshallah will mention his story, that he was of the companions that avoided the conflicts and the interfighting and the civil dispute and unrest between the Muslims. He didn't take any side. And he said that even if people came to fight me, because if, if they come to fight me and I fight them, then I take a side. I wouldn't take a side. Even if they come to fight me, I wouldn't hold up against them and try even to defend myself, even holding a stick. And it's narrated from Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhumah that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said, do not return after me as disbelievers, striking the necks of each other. And it's mentioned, the final narration, uh, uh, he said, uh, that uh, that Jarir radiallahu anhu said that Rasulullah sallallahu said to me uh, in the farewell pilgrimage uh, uh, listen to me then he said do not return after me as disbelievers striking the necks of each of you each of you striking each other's necks so inshallah we will discuss some of the meanings of this hadith إذا الترجمة التي وضعها الإمام البخاري باب قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا ترجعوا بعدي كفارا يضرب بعضكم بعضكم رقاب بعض يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض فهنا لا لا ترجعوا بعدي كفارا قال العلماء أن أن القاتل أو الذي المقاتل إن استحل قتال المسلم فهنا يكون وقع في الكفر فيكون لا إشكال هنا في هذه اللفظة يعني لا ترجع بعد كفارا كفارا أو يكون المراد به الكفر الأصغر ويكون المراد بذلك التشبيه يعني كالكفار الذين من شأنهم أن يضرب بعضهم رقاب بعض ولا يخرج حينئذ من الملة لكن مع ذلك يبقى ذلك يبقى هذا العمل من عظائم الأمور ففيه التحذير الشديد والوعيد على من ارتكب هذا الأمر الشنيع كون النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يذكر الكفر سواء قلنا بالمعنى الأول أو بالمعنى الآخر فهذا يدل فهذا يحمل في يعني يحمل وعيدا شديدا وعيدا شديدا يعني النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يريد أن ينفر من هذا العمل وهذه الكلمة فيها وعيد شديد فيها وعيد شديد لا ترجع بعد كفارا
الحديث الأول الذي ذكره الإمام البخاري عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سباب المسلم فسوق وقتاله كفر السباب والسب كلاهما بمعنى الشتم يعني سب يسب سبا وسبابا فالسباب هو الشتم بعضهم يقول السباب أشد من السب لأن السباب يكون بما في الإنسان وبما ليس فيه بخلاف السب فلا يكون إلا بما فيه ما هو حكم السباب فالنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال سباب المسلم فسوق يعني شتم المسلم بما فيه وما ليس فيه سواء مواجهة في وجهه أو في غيبته فسوق ومعنى الفسق لغة الخروج أما يعني في اصطلاح الشرع هو الخروج عن طاعة الله وطاعة رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم والفسوق يا عباد الله أشد من مجرد العصيان لأنه وقع معطوفا على الكفر ثم عطف عليه العصيان يعني في المقصود بذلك قول الله عز وجل وحر وكره إليكم الكفر والفسوق والعصيان عطف الفسوق على الكفر ثم بعد ذلك عطف العصيان فبدأ الله عز وجل بالأشد بالأشد ثم بالأدنى ثم بالأدنى يعني الأشد هو الكفر ثم بعده في المرتبة يأتي الفسوق ثم يعني بعد ذلك يأتي العصيان فإذا الفسوق هو أشد من العصيان أشد من العصيان وإذا لم يكن فيما ارتكبه العاصي والفاسق حد فهو مستحق للتعذير وهو العقوبة دون الحد يعني هناك شيء اسمه التعذير وهذه التعذير يكون في الأمور التي ليس فيها حد فلو سب مسلم مسلما بما يجب الحد كالقذف أقيم عليه الحد يعني لو, لو أن مسلما قذف مسلما آخر بالزنا فهذا يجب الحد هو سبه لكن سبه بأمر يجب حدا يجب حدا لكن إذا سبه بما لا يجب حدا لو نادى يعني بألفاظ بذيئة وسبه بها يعني وهذا كثير في الناس يعني والله المستعان فإنه يجب تعذيره وأخذ حق أخيه منه إلا أن يعفو صاحب الحق إلا أن يعفو صاحب الحق يعني قد, قد يرى الإمام أن يعذر الساب ربما يعذر ببضعة أصوات ربما يعني هذا هو التعذير يعني يعذر بما هو دون الحد إذا سباب المسلم فسوق وقتاله كفر قتله ومقاتلته كفر على النحو الذي تكلمنا عنه إن كان, إن كان يرى حل قتال المسلم فهذا كفر أما إذا كان لا يرى ذلك فهو 
معصية وذنب من كبائر الذنوب نسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى نسأله أن يعيذنا من الوقوع في هذه المعاصي سواء السب أو يعني القتل So in the first hadith uh, that Imam Bukhari mentions do not return after me as disbelievers that uh, you strike the necks of one another So here the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu forbade يعني, the killing and the fighting So the issue is of killing or murder If a person believes that it is lawful to kill a Muslim then this takes the person outside the fold of Islam because he has deemed lawful what is forbidden in the religion of Allah. But if a person doesn't believe that it's lawful and he knows and believes that it's sinful but he still does it and he kills or fights another Muslim, the scholars, they said what the Messenger of Allah means in this hadith that uh, that don't return after me as disbelievers. The disbelief here is the minor disbelief, not the major disbelief. Other scholars, they said that this is he's saying that you are acting like disbelievers by killing one another. And that's how the people were before Islam, that they would kill one another and they wouldn't have the sanctity of life and the respect of life. So you're going as if you are disbelievers, how you were before Islam. And in this hadith shows that this is something that is forbidden and this is something that is despicable and this is something that uh, pertains to a very severe warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it really uh, acts as a deterrent from doing such an act. Uh, the hadith mentioned, the next hadith mentioned, that the cursing, or the first hadith in uh, in the chapter, uh, the cursing of a Muslim is a wrongdoing, and fighting him is disbelief. So first of all, sibab, the word that's used here, missing or swearing, using foul language towards a person. Now, the southern scholars, they said sibab or sab means the same thing. Okay, some scholars they said no. There is a difference between sibab. Sibab is worse. So when you curse someone in something that isn't in him, that he doesn't have that characteristic. But to curse someone is something in him, like you put him down because of an attribute that he has. But sibab is worse when you put him down in something that he, yani he is free of. So either way, that this is a wrongdoing, a fusuq. And whether a person curses a Muslim, whether in front of him or behind his back, to his face or behind his back, whether he is cursing something that actually exists in him or something that doesn't exist in him, any type of cursing is a wrongdoing, is a fusuq. And fusuq is actually greater and more severe than just a sin. Uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He said, Disbelief, wrongdoing and sin So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned fusuq after kufr And then after that he mentioned usyan which is sin So it shows that fusuq is between kufr and sin Uh, So if a person uh, does this fusuq And it is something that has a a stipulated punishment in Islam then he receives that stipulated punishment for example if he was to falsely accuse or if he was to accuse someone of committing fornication and he doesn't have four witnesses then he is to be punished by 80 lashes as is stipulated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran now this is in a Islamic system 
but if he does something, like for example, he curses someone, you know, like unfortunately how a lot of people do, they put someone down, they curse him, they berate him, uh, and it doesn't have a specified punishment, then he receives an arbitrary punishment that is determined by the judge. Uh, so that could be, for example, for him to be, you know, lashed five times or ten times. But it's something, a, a punishment that is below the stipulated punishment because it doesn't have a stipulated punishment. Except if the one who's been wronged pardons, pardons him and forgives him for the, the, the oppression that has occurred upon him. Now, a person who fights as well, وَقِتَالُهُ كُفُرْ قِتَالُ is, is, is as well similar to Sibab, which is يعني, fighting a person and uh, leading to the death of a person. Uh, if that person uh, determines it to be lawful, then this takes the person outside the fold of Islam because he's making something lawful that is forbidden in Islam. Uh, but if he does it, not believing that it's lawful, but he fights against the Muslim, uh, then he has committed a great sin of the great sins of Islam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from such things. نختم ان شاء الله يعني نكمل في حلقه قادمه الى ذلك الحين نستودعكم الله والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته. We'll conclude today inshallah and then we'll conclude uh, we will um, continue on another occasion باذن الله تعالى. As for the Eid prayer locations, we remind the brothers and sisters that usually go to Homebush and uh, in uh, and the brothers and sisters that usually go to Bass Hill that because of the wet weather that we've been having, then the prayer will be in the Bankstown Markets on Eldridge Road, inshallah ta'ala, as you may be familiar with that from previous years, and the prayer will be at 7.30 a.m., inshallah. Uh, in regards to the other um, prayer locations in Liverpool, Whitlam Centre, and in Campbelltown in the uh, netball courts, uh, please uh, follow the Eid in the Park.org.au for more information and donate at albayan.com.au. Assalamualaikum warahmatullah. This program was presented by Albayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.